This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Last fall, after three previous bids, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil's second-largest city, won the approval of the International Olympic Committee to host the 2016 Summer Olympic Games. According to Carlos Roberto Osorio, Secretary General of the Brazilian Olympic Committee, this time around, Rio had learned from its earlier failed bids and had the success of hosting the 2007 Pan American Games under its belt. That, combined with Brazil's special circumstances of economic stability amid the global downturn, helped it to beat out rival cities. In an interview with Wharton professors Felipe Montero and Ken Tropshire, Osorio discussed the winning bid and the challenges that lie ahead. We're joined today by Carlos Osorio and Wharton professors Felipe Montero and Ken Shropshire. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, and so I'll just start the conversation off by asking you a very general question. After bidding three times in the past, Rio finally run, won the right to host the Olympic Games in 2016. What do you think made Rio the winner this time? So what was the winning pitch? Well, I think uh, for us to bring the Olympic Games for the first time to Rio, to Brazil, and to South America, it was a long journey. And uh, the previous bids were part of this learning process. Uh, when we first tried to get the Olympic Games for the uh, year 2004, uh, we had a very basic project and not a very deep understanding of the Olympic world and of the requirements to host an Olympic Games. So I think uh, what Rio did was to find an objective. Rio is a sports city. Brazil is a sportive country. Uh, Rio is a city that is absolutely tailor-made for the sport practice outdoor and has a beautiful surrounding so and is a city where entertainment leisure sport is and tourism is part of the core business of the city so to organize major events was always at the core of uh, rio's plan for for development and uh uh, what made the difference now was first experience, because we bid before, we organized large scales event before, and adding to that the special circumstances that Brazil is living now, which is a country stable, strong economically, with a great prospect for the future, and the critical mass now to host the game. So I think it's a combination on gained experience and also the special circumstances where this bid was, was run. Osorio, in 2007, you hosted the Pan American Games, and you were personally involved in those games. Which lesson, if you can single out one, you learned in the Pan American Games that you can now use for the Olympic Games? Well, I think uh, the most important lesson, and also not only a lesson, an exercise that we went to, is the integration between the organization of a large-scale event like that and the three levels of government. An event like the Pan Am Games, which is a, a multi-sport continental event with uh, 6,000 athletes, or an in worldwide event with uh, almost 1,100 athletes as the Olympic Games, cannot be organized without the support of the public sector. You cannot receive in a city 100 to 100,000 people without additional public services, additional infrastructure. And to coordinate all that, you have to have integration. So with the, game, with the Pan Am Games, we built that relationship, we built an understanding with the public se sector, and we quite frankly delivered 
uh, excellent games, which were considered the best Pan Am games ever. And that result, that accomplishment, uh, uh, paved our way for the Olympic victory. Actually, uh, Rio was in doubt instead of bidding uh, from the Beijing, well, the 2008 Olympic Games or the Pan Am Games 2007, because we bid for 2004, we lost, and there were some people, no, let's go for the 2008 Olympic Games. And we in Brazilian sports said, no, we think that we first, one step at a time, so let's take this large continental event first, get the experience needed, and then aim for the big one. Carlos, you've, you were successful in your bid, and one of the cities you beat was Chicago. And I've heard you say that Chicago brought Obama, they brought Oprah, but they still, still didn't get the bid. What, what do you think they could have done that would have given them at least a better chance to, to get the bid against Rio? Well, uh, we acknowledged Chicago from the very beginning of a very tough competitor. Chicago is a great city. It's a sports city as well with a great tradition in sport. It's a very important U.S. city. And uh, with the election of Barack Obama, president of the United States, this gave Chicago internationally an additional clout because Chicago is the political base of, uh, of the Obama couple, if I would say. And also, uh, Barack Obama brought the United States in a better position internationally after the Bush years, which by many people in many parts of the world was perceived not in a very favorable way. So uh, uh, in the beginning of the bid race, Chicago was perceived as the front runner by most of the political uh, and, and Olympic observers all around the world. And, uh, and for Rio, uh, I, I think uh, what we... We, we try to differentiate ourselves from Chicago and also from Madrid and from Tokyo from the very early stages. And our pitch quite basically was uh, United States already organized between summer and winter eight versions of the Olympic Games, eight editions of the Olympic Games. This 2016 would be the ninth. Tokyo would be the fifth. For Spain, the second. But if you take the European Union at large, it will be, I don't know, the 30th. And for Rio, Brazil and South America was the first time, in a time that we were doing very well. I think what differentiated us from the other bidders was, first, this positioning, and second, that we were led by Brazilian sport. We were not businessmen. We were not politicians. We were sportsmen talking to sportsmen. And that channel of communication, I think, in our side, uh, worked better than with the others. So uh, I think uh, the, United, the Chicago had difficulties with the United States Olympic Committee. The United States Olympic Committee lived through change, changes in management in the recent years quite a few times. And that a little bit undermined the ability of the U.S. to project itself into the international arena in the sports side. And uh, for a future U.S. bid, I think the, to have the USOC stable and on board is quite frankly very important. Rosario, one of the big challenges managers face is how they can access knowledge that they don't have internally so they don't have to reinvent the wheel. I think the Olympic Games is a good example of how have you managed to reach out and find the knowledge that you needed to organize outside Brazil, outside what you already had? Well, uh, first of all, uh, from the very beginning, we acknowledged that uh, uh, because we never organized the Olympic Games, we lacked experience and we lacked knowledge because Olympic, the Olympic Games is the most complex and the largest event 
that exist in our planet in time of peace. So it's a very huge undertaking for any country or any city. In the case of Brazil, uh, first, we got from the Brazilian government and within the Brazilian society the best possible advice and the best possible people involved in the bid. Because the, uh, there was a clear perception of value of getting the Olympic Games for Brazil. Secondly, we went outside in the we look to the world, and as we are in this Olympic movement for many times, we were very competent, and I would say that very frankly, to find good people abroad to bring the needed expertise to add value to our project. So we didn't pretend that we know everything. We knew that we had many things to learn, and we got very good people from Australia, from United States, from Europe, that added their talents to our team to build a very strong project. And this, uh, I think, was one of the reasons of the success. And uh, we are very proud to say that uh, we definitely had the best consultant teams uh, in the bid process. Carlos, with those consultants, one of the issues that, that's Im important with, with these games or with the World Cup or any global event now seems to be a huge reflection about the level of social impact and legacies, or you can combine the two. I, I was fortunate enough to work at the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles, and the three or four pieces that we were looking to leave behind were, were money uh, to make Los Angeles be viewed as a player in the Pacific Rim, and then there's a swim stadium and a velodrome. I mean, those were kind of the, the key pieces that, as I look back, we were focused on on leaving behind. What's, what's it look like for real as it stands now as, as your planning goes forward? Well, uh, I think uh, you hit the most important point of our desire and our motivation to participate in this process is to take the advantage of an event like the Olympic Games and to make a real difference in a city and in the country in, in various ways. First, uh, in terms of the city of Rio itself, with the amount of investment in infrastructure that the games will bring to the city. Actually, uh, Rio didn't ask for Brazil for money to do many new things. We are accelerating existing process because of the time frame of the games. Things that would be done in 20 years will be done in seven years. And we are talking about metro expansion, roads, airport renovation. So the infrastructure of the city will be transformed and with that, the quality of life and also the ability to attract additional investment. But this is a tangible part of the story and in our view, the smallest part of the story. Uh, we are not shy to say that Brazil is a country that has social problems. One of the largest, biggest problems that we have is social is the inequalities within our society. And uh, we view sports and the Olympic Games in particular as an excellent tool to foster social integration, to foster and to motivate young people in joining sport and in getting the Olympic values in favor of their future lives. So uh, the legacy, the social legacy of the Games would be a, will be a very, very important part in terms of our project. Everything that is going to be done in Rio has a vision of physical legacy, yes, very important. But more important is to get this big opportunity to leverage in the programs that already exist to foster integration within the society and to raise a, young, a younger generation to a better standards of living. And sports has an 
excellent tool to foster education and to deliver this legacy. So we are very thrilled about the legacy potential. And I think that's, that was one of the reasons that Rio was chosen. We clearly showed to the IOC that the Olympic Games impact in Brazil would be much higher than in developed or established societies such as the US, Japan, or Spain. We are a society still in transformation, still in formation, and an event like that will have a tremendous impact, not only in Brazil, but in the whole of South America. You mentioned all the social impact, and I imagine a number of people was also very interested in all the business opportunities that the Olympics will generate, not only for local business, but also for foreign investors willing to invest in Brazil. Can you share with us some of the preliminary ideas in those areas? Sure. Uh, and developing your point, which is a very important one, uh, Brazil acknowledges that uh, One of the objectives that Brazil has with the games is to project brand Brazil and to project Brazilian products and services and companies internationally. Uh, we are living through a period of fast economic growth. Brazil has been stable economically and politically for all, almost two decades and has the critical mass now to jump to the next level. So we see the Olympic Games as a strategic part of the growth of the Brazilian economy and kind of as a come-out party for Brazil present itself, its new face to the world. And uh, similarly, what was done in the past with Korea in 88, with Spain in 92, more recently with Beijing in 2008, uh, the, the Olympic Games is a very powerful springboard to lift countries, to lift, you know, culture, people, and to give that momentum that is necessary if you want to reach uh, a higher level. Within uh, specifically in your question, uh, what we are doing and the Brazilian uh, government is doing, establishing a series of pro programs to use the Olympic Games to attract businesses and to attract investors to Brazil, uh, tying in World Cup, FIFA World Cup to 2014, uh, Olympic Games 2016, And all the opportunities that the investments that will, you know, are attached to those big events to attract new people, more investments, and to project our companies overseas. So this this will be a, a, a systematic approach and a core approach within our strategy for the next uh, six to ten years. So after the world sees the great success of, of Rio, what's what's the next venue on the planet that could use the games, capture the games in the same way that you're, that you're talking about? Well, uh, that's a very good question, and I thank you very much for that because that was part of our message. Uh, we felt that Rio, Brazil, and South America uh, opening the door, we, we see us opening the door to new territories and to new regions of the world that also aspire the games. Quite frankly, up to now, just the more developed part of the Northern Hemisphere had had opportunity to organize the Games, North America, Europe, and certain parts of Eastern Asia. And uh, with, the, with, the, with the victory of Rio and Brazil and with a successful staging of that event, we are certain that Africa, the Middle East, Southeast Asia, which has strong economies, India, uh, we, we, we feel that uh, Brazil is, with, uh, with its, its effort, it's helping the Olympic movement to become really universal. And if this is a universal phenomena, 
belongs to all regions of the world. Of course, we have to understand that the undertaking is very complex and needs a lot of money and investments. So you have to have critical mass to organize it. But other regions of the world and other countries do have the critical mass to organize it. Uh, so Indonesia, India, uh, South Africa, maybe Egypt in the future, uh, uh, certainly those countries should and, and will get the games. Uh, Rio is known as the marvelous city. The Cariocas, residents from Rio, are known because of their joy, uh, the carnival. What do you think this Olympic Games will remember it as? So what do you think the world will remember Rio 2016? Well, I think uh, uh, the promise that we made to the IOC that we will organize in Rio a Brazilian Rio Games. Uh, we are not organizing a other games. We are organizing our games with our special flavors and characteristics. And the IOC said yes. And 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 if we look back in the past, uh, the Olympic movement always grew and got stronger when it connected new people and new cultures. This adds value to the Olympic brand and to the Olympic ideals. We see the Rio Games as being a colorful, young, tropical, you know, enthusiastic, infused with passion games, which is the characteristics of our city, but being delivered in a professional, high-class, standard quality of services. So I think the Rio Games will be, in summary, lots and lots of fun. Another question for you, uh, and this is just looking ahead at the work you have cut out for you. What is it that keeps you awake at night? What has you worried the most? Well, uh, now we are beginning the organization of the games. We are just laying out the foundations for the organization. And I think it always worries any organizer of a major event uh, where you don't control uh, substantially one of the ingredients that will make your event happen. So, for instance, uh, you depend upon various stakeholders and various uh, uh, influencers or, or, or partners in, in this event. And uh, very importantly, on governments and also on the media, which is something that starts to build the image of the event. So I think our main focus right now and what uh, uh, our energy is towards to is the start of the capital investments necessary for the game. So everything that was promised in terms of capital investments that are responsibility of the governments is something that we are focusing really hard to get them going within schedule, within budget, and with that, we'll go to the next phase. So now the main concern is capital works to start as planned. And any additional concerns about security for these Olympics? Well, uh, uh, since 9-11, uh, security has become a top concern uh, with any large-scale, high-profile uh, worldwide event. And the Olympic Games is the, has the, is the largest with the highest profile. And Olympic organizers become very concerned, and rightfully, uh, uh, with the security. So uh, we have presented to the IOC a security plan, which is, in our view, uh, very professional and uh, with a lot of investment on it. We acknowledge that uh, Rio has challenges in the security, and uh, we didn't hide that from the IOC. We presented up front the situation in Rio, but we also presented our track record. 
Uh, Rio is a city used to organize large-scale events yearly and without any problem. For instance, the Pan American Games that we organized in 2007, 6,000 athletes, 700 athletes from the United States alone. We had more U.S. athletes in Rio in 2007 than the next year in Beijing because, of course, the U.S. qualifies more athletes for a continental games than for worldwide games. Uh, and we didn't have any incident, large or small. Additional uh, precautions were taken. Uh, police were brought in from different regions of the country, as happens in all events, and we had a very peaceful games. But our challenge is not to secure Rio during the games in the faraway year of 2016. Our challenge is to continue to improve, to raise the security level so that security can, security can be one of the big legacies of the Games, not only for the Games visitors and participants, but for our population after the Games. And that's, that is a 1.2 billion US dollar program that is being implemented successfully. And we, we, we really hope that uh, uh, for, the, for the game security, we have no big concern. Our concern is to take this opportunity to get uh, the job done and security levels uh, improved for the population. Um, I think Osorio was describing this very emotional page. Can you share with us, do you still feel moved when you talk about Rio? And I, I can see President Lula crying when Rio won. How do you feel if people are going to Brazil now? What's the pulse in the population? How happy people are about the Olympics? Oh, people are just thrilled about the possibility of organizing the Olympic Games. This was a big accomplishment for our country and uh, a big accomplishment indeed. Uh, the Olympic bid process is considered to be the most complex, the largest, the most sophisticated uh, tender process in the world. And the prize is the biggest. Uh, you have, uh, uh, you know, bids in average in spend in two years uh, on the bid itself, 60, 70, 80, 100 million US dollars. And it's a worldwide campaign. It's a very tough competition. You're competing with what there is the best in the world. And for Brazil and Rio to win it brought pride, self-esteem uh, uh, to our people. And, 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 and that's very important alone. I think the, the legacy of the bid itself, it's so powerful that uh, uh, the investment was well spent. So if you go to Rio now, you'll see people with broad smile in their faces, looking forward to receive the world, pride, uh, proud against, uh, about their, their city, and, uh, and uh, willing to work hard and understanding that, okay, we got the right, now we have to deliver, now we have to honor our promises in front of the world, and people are ready and committed to work very hard to make sure that the games are a success. But uh, if, you, if you go to Rio now, you'll see a lot of broad smiles and faces of everybody. Just to end on a personal note, having gone through this, this process as you described it, what, what leadership lesson did you learn and that you would probably take forward in whatever endeavor you, do, you take on next? Well, I think uh, a very big lesson is... First, uh, you have to dream big, and uh, because when you dream big, you accomplish more. Uh, what we say is to dream big and to dream small take the same effort. But when you dream big, the obstacles, they seem smaller and make you go forward and make more possible for you to achieve it. This is something very important. And we dream very big. To bring the Olympic Games for South America for the first time was a very big dream. And secondly, uh, for you to, to succeed, you have to have 
a very good team. You have to be surrounded by the best, by people better than you are, and everybody working on the same direction. Uh, and so there's a quite simple uh, knowledge and, and, and messages for, 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 for leading or managing. Dream big, get best people around you, and make everybody work in the same direction. And then you have a powerful team, and then you, you'll deliver. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.